generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians chapter four. From verse 1. It says, therefore, since we have this ministry. Somebody say, we have this ministry. Who is it speaking to? The Corinthian church. So it's not speaking to leaders or pastors or chief evangelists or the fivefold in the church. He's speaking to everybody. He said, since we have this ministry. So many people say, who oh, I have a calling to ministry. What's my ministry? We have this ministry. Amen. I think that one of the things that's happened is that many times in our pursuit for the specific, we miss out on the generic. So in our pursuit of what is the word of God for the now, I need a now word. Now. Father, give me the now word. See, anytime you find yourself in that space where you're tr trusting God for the revelation of the now word, just operate with the eternal word first. Do you understand? With the general counsel. So if you're seeking God, trust in the face of the Lord or seeking the face of the Lord for something specific in your life. Before that thing crystallizes in your heart and in your mind, go with what the word of God has said generally. There's some general things that God has said. Go into the all, into all the world and make disciples, general. Do good, general. Be at peace unto all men, general. Be a peacemaker. Uh, give to the kingdom. Those things are general. So before you start saying, oh God, I have a sense of ministry to China. I believe that I'm going to be one of the greatest smugglers of the Bible in China. Right? Or before you get into the, all the specifics, it says we have this ministry. So look at your neighbor and say, what are you doing with the ministry you already have? It says, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy. So the appropriation of this ministry is by the administration of God's mercy. It is because of the mercies of the Lord, watch this number one, we're not consumed, but it's also because of the mercies of the Lord that he has committed unto us. What is this ministry? The ministry of reconciliation. Bringing men back to God. Connecting their hearts with the heart of God. He says because we have received mercy, this is the reason we do not lose heart. So when we make it a weekly thing, or rather first week, you know, everybody's buzzing, right? Everybody's excited. I stepped out today, spoke to a mechanic, spoke to the vulcanizer, spoke to this, that, and the other. It's easy for you to buzz the first week. But after the first week, guess what begins to happen? Sometimes the pressure, the demand, the weight, the urgency begins to fizzle out. But it says because we have received mercy, this is the reason we do not lose heart. Because somebody else somewhere also needs to receive mercy of the order of which we have received. Verse 2 says, we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience on the side of God. That's loaded, but I don't want to touch it. Verse 3. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. Verse 4. He says, whose minds, what? Talk to me somebody. Whose minds the God of 
this age. Another one says, this world. When I begin to break it down, you realize that there is an age. There is the spirit of the age. There is the God of the age. There is a reason people do certain things and explain it away. There is a reason people will dress a certain way and when you talk about those, say, don't judge me. There is a reason. And what the Bible says is that the reason, watch this, is beyond their reasoning. See them now. Why? Because it did not say whose minds decide to do what their minds want to do. He said their minds have been blinded by who? The God of this age. The ruler of this age. Who, watch this, when he blinds their minds, he does not say I am the prince of darkness. He actually says I am the prince of alternate light. Are you seeing that now? He does not appear as the prince of darkness. He appears as a prince of alternate light. And you know what they say? That when uh, your morning is when you wake up. Because when there's one, there's light. So they call it the walk generation. Why? Because they are seeing it in a different light. It says, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God, capital G now, should shine on them. The next verse, please. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves bond servants for Jesus' sake. Verse 6, for it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God and the face of Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. amen. I'm going to be unpacking that shortly but let's see if we can take three or four or five stories keep it short within like 90 seconds or two minutes so everybody can, can benefit. Ulusha, please could you come on stage and just hold the microphone for for people so who wants to share with us how it was last week last week we spoke about evangelism soul winning and then in the course of the week we had this assignment this task we had what we call the swap who remembers the swap making the list the heat list taking our time to pray i'm, so, I'm sure someone just went ah i prayed for, for the first two or three days oh but by the fourth day <laughs> life happened you know and then we spoke about God encounters and all of this. So let's take two, three, four, five people. I know some, some people already shared on the group. But let's have people who are going to share off the group, offline, real quick. Come on. I thought we were going to be having like people fall over themselves. Okay, Jade has a hand up. Yep. I thought we were going to be having like, okay, Larry has his hand up. Yeah, Viv has, okay, LT, all right. So we have about five people. I'm also going to share a bit of my story and experience. All right, let's celebrate Jade as she comes. Good morning, church. Good morning, church. Okay, morning. so um, my experience was quite interesting. Um, so I ordered an Uber, and then interestingly, for some really weird reasons, I stumbled on the driver's bio, which has never happened to me before. And on his bio, I realized that he wanted to be a cinematographer, 
And the reason why he was driving Uber was because he, he needed money, he needed to raise money for, um, for, to raise funds to go to cinematography school. So I'm like, okay, mm, normal. And then I got outside, and then there was a bit of a delay, and I was going to be irritated. But the Spirit said, you can't be irritated, like, calm down, like, relax. I'm like, okay. So I got into the Uber, and then my, my ride started, or my trip started. Okay. My trip started, and for the first three minutes of the ride, I just felt like, okay, witness to this guy now. I'm like, eh, it's okay. Let me, let me start the conversation, and I realized that I couldn't talk. I became tongue-tied. Can you imagine the whole journey? Honestly, Jay, because Jay. I was like, ah, MC of Jesus, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> we, it's not possible. And then I tried a second time, and I became tongue-tied. But eventually, I think I was like some minutes almost ending my trip, and then he now, the driver now said, oh, my GPS was not working. Like, can you use it? I said, ah, what's your name? Okay, so brother, how far now? I saw that, you know, you're a cinematographer. Yeah, and then we just started to talk about cinematography, about, you know, life, and how you need to raise funds. And I said, oh, are you this? I know people in my network that can help you and all of that. Okay, how do you track? And, you know, in the midst of all of that, but we actually got to my house, and we spent close to 10 minutes in front of my house. And I was telling him about Jesus, like, oh, I know that you want to do all of this, but do you realize that you need Jesus in your life? It's only Jesus that can help you. You know, Jesus is the key to where all these dreams that you need to get to. And, and I was sharing about my experience. And, you know, interestingly, I had my three days off. <laughs> and it was a very beautiful moment. So I was just telling him about, retreat. I, I, I was telling him about, you know, my experience about how God speaks to me and how God, you know, how I experience God and how it is very important for him to, you know, speak to God and he was just in awe and I, I had to, you know, follow up on him. Then on, on Wednesday, I was in the bus and I had the cards with me and I was, okay, I was halfway through my journey and I, okay, let me even, let me start. But I realized that, okay, once again, it's hook in the throat. I'm like, no, maybe it's gospel now, I should be much more bold. But to the glory of God, I was able to speak to people on the bus, even though at some point I was beginning to stutter. But I thank God for utterance, and I was able to share the class, and it was, awesome. it was really amazing. Awesome. Glory to God. Awesome. Beautiful. Can we celebrate that story of vulnerability and openness? And part of why we're sharing is this. Jadi is very outgoing, right? Like, she's outspoken, no. But then, she's about to share the gospel, and all of a sudden... Now, this is the point. If it happens to you, it does not mean you're not spiritual. It does not mean that you are not filled with the Spirit of God. It does not mean that something is wrong. It means that there is a human challenge. And that human challenge is self-consciousness, right? When it comes to sharing the gospel, because we become so... And I, I spoke about it last week about self self-consciousness but the good thing is she was able to override that and she sowed the seed so please as you listen to this to people's testimonies and, and stories let your heart be encouraged so that you can say to yourself well i didn't overcome it but i will do it again this week glory to god all right can we have vivian is vivian coming up next whose hand is up is darren's hand up all right so vivian vivian has like a collection of testimonies but I told her she has to do it under two minutes. Praise God. Hallelujah. So sorry. Okay, so um, testimony together with the experience from last week. 
Um, I really want to thank God for who he is in my life and the grace to serve him and be obedient. Um, the whole of last week, on Thursday, I went out for evangelism. It's not something I would normally do. Um, I got to witness to people and also at my place of work, the security guard at work. I don't know, somebody walked in. A customer walked in. He brought this very luxurious car. The guy was just looking at the car and in, he said, talking. He was talking to himself, but I heard what he was saying and then I walked up to him. We started to have a conversation. He talked about how all these people have all the money. The person in question was very rude. Walked in, he was rude. He said that's why he cannot be a Christian. I'm like, okay, because he knows that that man is a Christian. And I'm like, okay, but have you ever considered the love of God? We started talking about the love of God, and I was able to reach him, basically. That's the testimony, that I was able to reach him. And we prayed together, and I want to make a point of duty, and God will help me to follow up on him until he grows. That's a security, um, security man. Security man at work. Yes, ma'am. Which yes, means sir. you have been walking past. Past him every day. But, I don't even but this like week, there was a consciousness. Yes, sir. And how did you feel about it? I felt great. It feels, it feels very great. Like I, I shared with you, it's not something I used to do it before, but I stopped. And the consciousness and the intentionality about doing this this week was beautiful. It really helped my prayer life. I Talk prayed about last that, week, like told me I have not prayed in a very long time. I mean, I could wake up in the middle of the night to pray for hours. No, that's beautiful. I really want to thank God. And I really want to encourage us to be obedient. Obedience is key. If you're able to do it, God will just blow your mind. Like, he blew my mind. I, I applied for this grant. And in my mind, I'm just like, it comes, it doesn't come anyhow. But on Christmas Day, I woke up, I prayed, and I'm like, I want God to give me a Christmas gift. And I got that alert. The alert, and I'm like, really, Jesus? I think Jad is so You saw, I put it up on my status. A couple of people are like, I just put it up there. Thank you, Jesus. Like, you blew my mind. I'm really grateful. I thank God. And I also thank God for my relationship. I'm engaged. Yeah, um, I'm very happy about that because, trust me, this last quarter and this last month of the year, when it looks like everything is over, like what's going to happen again? How many days to the end of the year? And God, just, God has just been surprising me. Back to back, back to, to back, back to back. back. He's blowing my mind. I'm grateful. Thank you, Jesus. I wanted, I wanted to please, let's celebrate her. Celebrate. I wanted to tell me what you said. I, two major things I want to emphasize because in soul winning, there's something I said last week. I said a part of your maturation. Yes, sir. It's connected to soul winning. Yes, sir. So there was a way you described the urgency to pray, one. And number two, after Titan. you got the money, you now spoke about the 10%. Okay, so this 10% By thing, yourself. By myself. Nobody, nobody told yeah. me. Because I used to do it and I stopped. For some reason. I don't even know what happened, honestly. But I've said it to myself that it's going to be a continuous process. I won't stop. Because every time that you give... When God is giving it back to you, he's slapping you with dirty, and not dirty, very good blessings. Like the blessing, apologies, there's no dirty anything in our lives. 
But God blows our mind when he wants to. There's, it's an instruction to give. It's not about what anybody has to say about it. People have their views. This is an intentional, personal thing for my personal God. So I've decided, and God's going to help me, and I'm saying it here. So he's backing up my words with action that I'll continue to pay my tithe. Please pay your tithe. It's beautiful. It is beautiful. The reward is great. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Can we celebrate God for that? How many of you remember that? Was it last? Christmas was this week, right? Didn't, didn't quite feel like Christmas, right? So I'm just like, was it last? So I think it was it last Sunday I prayed that God should give everybody a special something that will make them feel special for Christmas, even as we give souls. It wasn't a trade thing. It wasn't like a battle. God will give you souls. You give us money. No. But you know, Daddy, help the children. Who's had that kind of glory to God? All right. We celebrate God for that. And I'm so grateful. Um, the reason I wanted Vivian to talk about the 10%, she's the second person. Rich, I told you about the other person. Reaching out to me, there's somebody in the house who just there giving and giving and giving and I knew that something was happening. So he shared some testimonies with me, connected to Mass Life teachings, connected to prayer sessions and he literally said exactly what Vivian said. He said, I used to pay my tithe before, for some reason I just thought, he said, now, and this was not me teaching anything about it, right? So I believe that we're really in a season of revival, of spiritual commitments, that certain things that you stop doing. Are you understand what I'm saying? The Lord will just prompt you. You will receive that revelation. So whether you're keeping the watches, you're, some of you used to fast weekly, you stopped, you will start it again. And what I sense in this season, it's not just going to be because I'm teaching it, right? It's going to be because there's an urgency in the spirit. There are many things that God has been saying to me. I'm trusting God that in the New Year's Eve service, which is going to be evening, it's not going to be crossover. We'll talk about that. I'll share a couple of things with you. But one of the things, let me tell you, wickedness is going to come out stronger. 2021. In other words, people will stop hiding it. Now, when that happens, there has to be an army. A spiritual army that is able to combat it which means the next year is not for believers who want to mix with the world so your commitment has to be solid your fidelity <laughs> your fidelity has to be and it's it's gonna show in everything so let's be let's be conscious of that all right can we have daring as she comes to share with us come and put your hands together for her as she comes praise the lord church hallelujah praise the lord church hallelujah okay first of all i'm just going to share this testimony of how god is a god of 11th hour how god can do miraculous things even when you don't even think about it anymore you know, so beginning of this year, I've been wondering, Baba Alpha, what should I do? How should I do this? What can I do to help people and all? And God has been giving me so many ideas back to back. And then I've been wondering, how can you execute this? Because it takes a lot. It takes huge amounts and every other thing. So first off, it started with 
this December period, I got a contract for something that is not even my line anymore. I, I literally don't sing like before. I'm not a music director. And then they are like, is there really they want to do that stuff in iCourt? And I got a contract to, you know, undo the whole musical aspect of iCourt. And I'm like, okay, I've been wanting to push out my band to these people. How can I get to these judges? And then all of this thing just came to me just like that. The God of just like that. <laughs> Literally. And we blew their minds. Like, if you know the, 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 the chief judge of Lagos State is a Muslim, for a Muslim to stand up and be dancing and afterwards still saying, ah, ah, your Jesus is great, your kid, ah, ah. And my mom, I'm like, oh, shit, this can only be God. And every other thing, I'm so excited. Like, they said so many wonderful things and that could have just been God and that was God. Another contract came in again and the plan that I told GB about that we want to execute next year, by the way, GB, it is ready. I can't say the amount, but you know, eight digits, literally, literally. And God has done it. Like everything is just smooth. 2021 has nothing on us, but greatness comes for it. Yeah, and we bless God about that. So, evangelism, pedums. When I was seeing testimonies, first off, Elty's own, then I saw Duny, then I saw Cooper, and in my mind, I'm like, how do I go about this? I've been busy back to back. And it's funny how my friend came on Chris on our carol day and we were talking, we got talking. A believer, actually, a believer. So you can still evangelize to a believer because most of them, trust me, their faith is not as solid mean a as Christian? It's not as solid as Do you mean a Christian by birth? Yes. Because you don't need to evangelize a believer, you need to disciple a believer. To disciple a believer. Yes, sir. So we, we got talking, and then she was like, eh, our friends, they've been getting married, and our mother said this and that and that and that. So she felt like she was going to follow an allergy or what have you that has been on her case. Anyhow, ah. anyhow. Anyhow, anyhow it be. And then I, I started talking to her, and then we got talking about how the solution you find to your problem can be a solution someone else beside you needs. So you literally need to be intentional about what you are doing. And in every situation when you have no answer, just pray about it. Pray about it. Talk to people. Like she had lost all hope, Peter, and she just wanted to do whatever. And this lady I'm talking about is so beautiful. And she's telling me that it's fine. At least they will make money. At least they are shall living. The point is for them to have money and i'm like god how can we go about this and i started praying for her like i forgot everything i needed to pray for about myself and started praying for her so i took her matter as a burden to me and i kept on praying for her and she came back on christmas day and was telling me that daring guess what this is happening that is happening you know that one thing you spoke about about my solution to my problem being someone else's breakthrough and I started thinking about it and I have started working on it so I am so grateful to God for what he has done in our life and I know that God is still going to do better things through us in Jesus name Amen. praise the Lord glory to God just the consciousness that you are a witness 
will move you even if you're not you didn't pray to somebody and then the person got saved but the fact that you are conscious how many of you know that really just helped last week just being conscious that it does not end with you that you are a conduit a carrier an ambassador a missionary a voice of vessel that helps you appreciate your salvation even more right because anything you don't promote aggressively you will begin to despise without knowing and so when you when we have this consciousness of sharing the gospel ministry to other people encouraging other believers what happens is you stop being self-centered or self-absorbed and you start seeing that the christ you carry on the inside of you is is a, a, a gift of inestimable value that somebody else needs for their illumination for their enlightenment glory to god i think i have two more hands uh, oh we have more more hands chris is in the house this morning chris can you come some of you don't know chris chris has been with us for about two months and many of you need to get to know him and were you in service last week oh great actually i haven't missed any services there coming just great praise god hallelujah tried you know I tried to do it but I couldn't and uh, yesterday I I just like tapped my friend's uh, status and his name is Hosea and uh, on Hosea's status someone wished Hosea like Hosea Happy, uh, Merry Christmas and he said um, I don't believe in Jesus anymore wow. truth is I've been a believer in exile in exile. a believer in exile I fought, I fought so many battles you understand I'm, I'm, I'm from the north and I know what it's like um, to be me <laughs> I alone can attest to that so when you said go out and preach is something I used to do but I found myself unable to because I wasn't on that same level I used to and Jose I used to be a rap evangelist I used to be a rap evangelist myself and <laughs> I don't know who I am and I've been struggling forget that you see me on Sundays in church and I try to get along with um, Enoch and all the other Christian people but I don't know myself and if I don't know myself and uh, someone said to me Steve this is it see you will be a uh, useful in the house of God like uh, a key tool but trust me the devil the devil sees it and you will be a great tool in the house of the devil too so I've been from but in this dichotomy kind of like thing is I don't know who I am just like she said some of us need to be reached out onto now I believe that some books are better left unread I love Jesus but the church broke me until I came here and I met you And now, 
It's like I'm leaving Lagos and uh, I'm not even sure who I am. It was in Lagos I found myself like I, I, I became like I, I renewed my faith and start and, 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 and I was in love with God again all over. And the same people who got me involved with the same people who were starting to choke me, suffocate me. And I met you. I met Enoch. His style, his lifestyle said to me, just come the way you are. I couldn't preach to no one. I'm a believer in exile. You called me out still. I thought something will happen, but I'm still the same person. I, 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 I was sick um, two weeks ago. I thought I was going to die. I couldn't even pray. The only thing I said, I don't want to die. Because the thing is, I'm tired of everything. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Because I myself need it. Thank you, thank you for sharing. Thank you for being honest. Uh, like, for me, guys, man. Do you know this is church? We're not here for perfection. We're not here for prima and proper. Everything is cookie cut. No. We're here the way we are. And it's our increasing vulnerability before Christ that allows his power. It said, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. That's what Jesus said to Paul. He said, ask them to take away this thorn from me. People describe fun different things, but I'm not going to that. But the issue was there was an issue that Paul couldn't resolve in his life. With the abundance of revelations and all of that said a messenger from the devil most likely some human beings that opposed his, his ministry said i cried to the lord three times take this away from me and god said no so i really honor and appreciate your vulnerability and your sincerity and your transparency and let me say something to you you know why i love this you've kept coming it is beautiful you've kept coming You've kept responding to the drawing power of Christ pulling you. And you know the interesting thing is, even walking up here to say, I didn't do it. That is a sign of growth. Do you know that? We had some friends, we were chatting with some friends yesterday. And I said to them, you know one of the things I discovered about Jesus Christ? Study it. Do you realize that Jesus never seemed in a hurry to convert anyone to himself. Did you, did you observe that? That if most of us were told you have three and a half years to fulfill your ministry, do you know the kind of belief in me now? Do you understand? At some point, you know, God gave us the grace and the wisdom to look at the theology of hell. And Jesus spoke a lot about hell. You realize that? But do you know that in personal encounters, we don't see him saying to the woman with the issue of blood, rather the woman by the well, the woman, the man that you are with now is not your husband. You've been with five different men. And if you don't believe in me, you go to hell. Do you know you don't see that there? Do you know that when Nicodemus comes to him, he does not say, except the man be born again and enter the kingdom of heaven. But 
if he's not born again he'll go to hell are you understanding that i'm not saying hell is not real i'm just saying i think that sometimes the pressure points our emphasis may have been misguided that what god wants do you know what the bible says a broken spirit and a contrite heart you will not despise that transparency that openness to say man guys y'all are sharing powerful stories but i didn't do it that's for me that's that's heavy because you know what some other believers would do so that there will not be tension they'll form stories that didn't exist So Chris, I want Steve, apparently your name is Steve. I said, Chris, I want to know that we're committed to you. You didn't just come in here without God knowing about it. God ordered your steps and I know that you have questions. And I'm happy that, did, did I introduce him to you? Or GB, pardon? GB, okay, I introduced him to you, yeah, because I wanted connections in the house, right? So. We're going to talk and maybe have a conversation and the questions that you have. You know, one of the things I discovered sometimes we have questions in our heads and we think there are no answers, but there are answers. There are answers. Sometimes they may not come the way we want them to come or in the form we want them to come or they might, they might shock us, right? But God gives us light. Glory to the most high God. Let me take two more. Ah, we have many hands. Okay. This work. Dr. Len, please, would you come and share with us? Good morning, everyone. Good um, morning, Doc. Um, I'm just thankful for the opportunity um, to speak to someone, to evangelize. Um, all through the week, um, I, was, I, I, I was literally struggling to come up with something because I felt, okay, I just needed to write something and it actually came but I couldn't write like because what, what came to me was it just makes sense and I was like okay and then I opened a word document and I put it there it just makes sense and I couldn't continue I couldn't finish I couldn't even start um, but just yesterday um, I didn't plan to go to um, Maryland Mall but I did and just as I was leaving, uh, a young man walked up to me and asked for my help. And I was like, wow, okay. I wasn't about to stop, but the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, this is it. I was like, oh. Because I wasn't actually, I was in so much of a uh, thinking space that I couldn't even go through that process of speaking to someone consciously, I mean, having that consciousness and everything. Um, but he walked up to me and we spoke and um, I was glad that we're able to speak because what, I, what happened was unexpected because never before in, uh, in all the times I've um, spoken to people, uh, evangelized and um, spoken to people about the good news, have I've been able to say, oh, or has someone come up to me and said, oh, I'm not born again. They are almost always born again. I'm like, oh, okay. All the same, God is good. Believe in him and your life will never be the same. But yesterday was different. Um, I, I spoke to the young man and uh, it was refreshing after. I didn't have the words. It was unscripted, completely unscripted. But 
I, I knew the Holy Spirit was speaking through me and I was so certain of it because I didn't even know what I was saying. I didn't know uh, what to say. But uh, we spoke, uh, we said he actually was not born again. And he, he said the prayer and I just, I just saw, I felt, I felt his, some form of burden being lifted. Just not all of it because, I mean, there was some help that was needed, but some burden was lifted. I, I know I felt it. And I just said, okay, you know what? I don't know if you have a church that you go to, but I'd like you to come to King's and all of that. And I was so glad. He said, okay, we'll do his best and all. And we spoke. I tried to reach out to him yesterday. Spoke to him this morning. He said he would make it. And he's here right now. His name is Samuel. I'm just thankful to God Amazing. that he's here. I'm just thankful woo, to woo, God woo, that woo. he made it. Yeah. Come on, everybody. Let's give Samuel a standing ovation. Celebrate you. Glory to God. That's so good. You're welcome. We love and celebrate you. Amazing. Dr. Lanners went clinical. <laughs> That's incredible. Incredible. All right, I'm going to take two more. You know, sometimes uh, you have your own ideas. You, you want to write scripts to impress, inspire, articulate, rhyme. God just said, go into all the world, preach the gospel, right? Preach the gospel. That word is publicly announce the good news. That's what it is, right? And it's amazing how the enemy wants to shame us for doing the thing that can save the world. Isn't it just, you know, like this is... The solutions to the world's problems. All right, let's have Perfecto. Perfecto. Perfect her. Sister Mary. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay. So while Steve was speaking, I, I didn't want to share this, but I think it's more evident that I do. Because sometimes, as believers, we're stuck on our happy ever after of our own um, witnessing, exactly. So we think that it's left to us to just witness, and then by fire by force, the person was just given. So I had a patient that was treating for something else, and then along the line, she got pregnant. And then there's this relationship I, I don't, God helped me have with my patients, such a way that they get to just go all out while they are talking to me. And she's like, she's pregnant and she can't tell her parents obviously because she she's single she's what she's single yeah she's single it was accidentally that kind of thing yes ap accidental pregnancy no pastor I mean, actually she was sexually molested and then she got sexually active so she got pregnant it was not the sexual molestation that got her pregnant but if it's created like this vulnerability. Yeah, exactly. So she got pregnant and then she can't tell her parents because obviously her mom didn't even believe her before the whole thing. And then that was an opportunity to witness to her, okay, please don't get an abortion because she was bent on it and all of that. And I tried so much, we spoke for hours and all of that. And I think the reason why I didn't want to share it was because she actually pulled it through. And I felt so bad. Oh. Yeah, she actually aborted it. Oh. And I felt so bad, like... Was it that I didn't know what to say enough, or was it that there was not like, 
yeah, I was stuck up on that happy ever after of my witnessing to her. And then it's just okay to sow a seed. That's it. It's okay to sow a seed. You're not the, you're not so exactly. Correct. You're so correct. That, that's beautiful, powerful. We're proud of you and we celebrate your heart. I think as we progress, we're going to see what God is doing. We're going to see what God is doing. This thing is not, it's not sniper. Give it to them, they will faint. They will take. I'm telling you that Jesus, the embodiment of God's wisdom, the fullness of the Godhead bodily, came into the earth, discipled people for three and a half years, yet he spoke to Simon. He said, after all this investment I've made in you, Simon, Simon, the enemy has sifted you as wheat, right? He said, but I've prayed for you that your faith will not fail. He says, when you return, strengthen your brethren. In other words, Simon, with all my investments in you, you are still going to go through a season where you will doubt me. Where you will deny me. Are you getting that? Number two, if it says strengthen your brethren, all these people that are like, yeah, the Messiah, yeah, they've seen, they've seen wonders of the world come, dead raised, demons checking out, said they will go through weakness. So God has not called us to eliminate the weakness of men, but to be the witness of God. We're not to eliminate the weakness of men. And it's okay. It's okay. You do your own part. You drop the seed. The Bible says the sower went to sow seed. Some fell where? By the wayside. Some fell amongst thorns. Some fell on hard ground. But some fell where? Good soil. Good ground. And it brought forth. And even amongst those that fell on good ground, guess what? There was 30. There was 60. There was hundredfold so some people they get saved spirit filled gifts of the spirit activated in one moment boom some other people at the end of your gospel presentation you know what they have more questions and for some of them will act defiant in your presence boy what you didn't know was that an hour later at home they broke down crying they went into a holy ghost convulsion by convulsion, I don't feel like, but like God activated something through that encounter. For some people, it's going to be that same night. For some people, it's going to take weeks. For some people, a series of events must happen in their lives before they remember. Oh, amazing. Glory to God. Glory to the Most High God. I'm going to be sharing briefly, but before I do that, I'll bring up, bring up my wife to share her stories. But somebody I started discipling a couple of months ago who then ran away. And when he ran away, the, there was one, one morning God said, call him. And as I called him, he said, God has said to me that I should reach out to you. Please help me celebrate Timmy Dyer who's with us this morning. <laughs> you know I love you. Yeah. And I'm, I'm so happy you're here this morning. You were supposed to come last week, but the Lord brought you, and there's a reason God brought you here, right? Are you hearing things? Yeah. So, um, 
finally before we take questions do you have questions do we have any questions anybody with a question okay I have a few general questions I'll just um, answer all right let's celebrate my wife and our mother in this house LT in the building of God can we celebrate LT and I'll tell you 
one of the things that I really, really appreciate about my wife is she doesn't just go, oh, well, it's my husband now. She literally runs with, so if I give an assignment or I give an instruction or like last week was, I was like, you know, let's be very conscious. She's usually one of the first, if not the first, to run with it and to hold strongly, hold on to, to those instructions strongly. So I honor you for that. I celebrate you for that. And we're grateful to God for the example that you set and the example that you are. Bless you. You are incredible. Someone said, so. When you told us that we will get blessings and, you know, pleasant surprises. That's how the next, the man just said and said, my grandfather has a signed check for me. The last time my grandfather gave me Christmas presents was like, I just felt I've grown past this Christmas present age. In my mind, I really wanted it. And I remember Pastor Dami saying, those silent prayers that you are praying in your heart. And wow. I read this man should just think about me. I know I have two children now, but give me presents. And it was a very good sum. And I got two other alerts. One of them is from someone here. I'm still not understanding. But um, I'm so thankful for that. Then my husband gave me a very wonderful Christmas present. I just want to thank God. He just surprised me. I wish I could share with you, but I will just leave it. But it's a very powerful gift. Amen. Amen. Amazing. You know, I love you. As a deep love, very, and, and you've been amazing. I really appreciate. Yeah. Well, I hope no get grandfather. They give up. As a grandfather, give you Christmas check. Glory to God. If you don't have that kind of grandfather, may you be that grandfather. In the name of Jesus. We proclaim life over this house. Life is our portion. In the name of Jesus. We're going to make some affirmations and declarations. But how many of you were refreshed and encouraged by just those testimonies? And Great. And we'll do more of mission reports, maybe once a month or so. But we have a theme or focus for the month. And we just want to hear, you have a question, all right. We just want to hear how we're doing, really. You know, I think that sometimes we over-embellish things, you know, as the church, sort of like, we have an ideal of what we think we should be. But, you know, when you look at the life of Jesus, Enoch, do you know that even the first Christmas was very messy? The king of the universe, where should you be born? King's Cross Hospital, Royal hospital do you understand which one is minja it's not adding up at least help us believe you are the king of the universe do you understand help us believe let have an a majestic entry teleport into the earth be a bouncing glowing baby across the eastern sky so that when you say you are the messiah we believe you help our faith but it's, it's messy messy i preached about it last week on the cross the first gospel presentation on the cross was messy no three-piece suits king solomon no fantastic shoes like you bought me you understand he's on the cross he's naked 
Come on. So it, it doesn't have to be perfect. But God works his perfect purposes in the middle of men's imperfection. Glory to God. Dr. Feed has a question, so let's let's take questions quickly. Alright, sir. Good morning. We everyone. missed your physical presence last week, right? Yes, sir. Okay, but hope you're good. Yes, sir. Um, good morning, everyone. Good so morning. Pastor, the, the question I have is, where is the place of apologetics in evangelism? And the reason why I ask is, there are individuals that you will meet, and we live in a generation that is very enlightened. Yeah. So there are people who you will meet, and they will ask you questions. Yes. <laughs> and the Bible says in First Peter 3, I think it's verse 15, it says, be ready to give an answer. answer for be ready question. to give a, a defense to everyone who, who will ask you a, a question. Um, and I'm also, I believe very strongly in spiritual gifts when you go for evangelism. In fact, yeah. I believe um, the field of, of evangelism is where you tend to see massive expressions of, of, of the gifts of the Spirit. And we see that example in Jesus Christ when he was at the well and he was going to preach to her. And then he goes, and then he goes, um, he gives her a word of knowledge. Right, and that like brought all her walls down. But there are people who you will meet, mm. even after you do that, they will still have questions. So, where is the place of apologetics? And for those who do not know, apologetics is a reasoned defense approach. of the, the of the Christian faith, almost academic. Yeah. So I just want to know where where exactly it, it is. A that? very brilliant question, and I had scooped a couple of questions from the review. Uh, last week, so I know Ogo had, had written Ogo. Is Ogo around? I saw Ogi earlier. She had support. She had, she's come her. So Ogo had said, intellectuals are such hard work, and I them fool my space. This was going to be my question to Pidem, so that's exactly what you're asking. It is a brilliant question. I wish I had all the time in the world to, um, to write something. Hey, Lord, help me. Just give me one moment. There's a there's something I'd replied to um, on Instagram a while ago. That just give me a moment. I want to try to read it. Just have loads of notes. So, so there was something I did. I I did a slide about Jesus Christ being the only with salvation. Like last month, I don't know who saw it on Instagram. Um, and someone had asked a question, and based on that question, I'd done a long reply. So I'm, I want to try to look for it so I can read it, because it's very exhaustive. Uh, just help me. If I don't find them, I'm, I'll just... Okay, okay. Hey, is it? Is that it? All right, I found it. Someone said, thank you, Jesus. Who likes finding things? That's why we find lost souls. So, Dr. Feed, why are you running away? Let's apologetically. So, the per a certain lady, I think it's a lady from the name, because I copied. So, sometimes when, when there's spontaneous replies, what I do, I'll copy it, because I know I might need it later. Right? As in my replies. So, the person that asked, how do you minister to people who don't believe the Bible? is a very key question that every serious believer must know the answers to. So let me tell you what I, what I wrote. I said, very good question. 
It's an inside joke <laughs> my wife and I. Very good question. I said I intend to do a post on this in a couple of days. I'm not sure I eventually did. But thank God I said intend. I choose my words. I intend to do a post on this in a couple of days. Stay tuned. It's actually something we must begin to develop ourselves in. That said, it's not a new thing. Now listen to this. Nobody in the Bible had a Bible. Some of y'all not getting. Some of y'all not getting. Nobody in the Bible had a Bible. Some of them had some written references about God from a dispensation before theirs, but they didn't have the Bible as we know it. Noah didn't have a Bible, yet he preached. The Bible calls him a preacher of righteousness. Abraham didn't have the Bible, yet he's called the father of faith. David didn't have the Bible, yet God called him a man after my heart. Isaiah didn't have the Bible, yet he spoke more about Jesus than many professing believers alive today have. Paul didn't have the Bible, yet he planted strong and vibrant churches and wrote letters that eventually became part of the Holy Bible he did not have. They didn't have the Bible like we now do, but they had the Word and the Spirit. The Bible has not always been in existence, but in the beginning was the Word. The Word has always been. The Spirit is eternal. By the Word were all things made, including the people who do not believe the Word that made them. The word has always been the spirit of okay, I've read that. They were made by the word and they can be convinced by the word. Not necessarily the Bible. Y'all see what I'm saying? The Bible is a grammatical articulation of the word of God, the words of men, and the words of Satan. So in the Bible, Satan spoke. In the Bible, man spoke. Are you understanding that? This is the reason somebody can even know the Bible and never know the word. Because the Bible is the written text, but the word is spirit and life. Are you seeing what I'm saying now? So now to the question, Dr. Fida. I said, trust God. So I said they were made by the word and they can be convinced by the word. Trust God to give you the right words at the right time. This may include sessions of debates and reasoning together. And I put that in capital. Another thing is to demonstrate the power of the spirit through the gifts of the spirit, miracles, signs, wonders, words of knowledge, and the like. Those operations are also used as powerful pointers to people who may otherwise be skeptical, but the primary agency for transmission is the word, and signs and wonders then follow the word. Hope this helps for now. So, one fundamental thing is, people in the Bible didn't have the Bible. Did they have the Bible? No. But they had the word, and they had the spirit. Now, because the word is a person, and the spirit is a person, even in the absence, so for example, the map of a place is not a destination of the place. You can memorize the map and not experience the place. How did Jesus Christ, rather, how did Paul become converted? An appearance of Jesus Christ. And like I read last week, when Jesus appeared to him, he said, what should I do, Lord? Somebody who did not believe in Jesus, who was persecuting people, he now said, Lord. That means that when the, when the manifestation of the Lordship of Christ 
is evident in our conversation. The Bible says, at the name of Jesus, every knee, including the knee of philosophy, the knee of faulty theology, the knee of personal preferences, the knee of cultural and traditional misrepresentations will bow. So what do we do? The reason the apologetics is very important is going to become a lot more important from, in fact, right now. <laughs> right now, for people in our generation. Because if you say to them, Jesus Christ died for your sins, who sent him? Now, Senna, did I, was I complaining? He said, Jesus, with Jesus, the footballer, died. How do you know? In the days of camera, they can Photoshop. Then there's no video. Right? So apologetics means that, watch this. I must be grounded enough in the faith and in the truth about the faith. Are you seeing that now? Yes, sir. And I think my wife mentioned on the review last week about this is the reason we must study. This is the reason we must study. We're now in the age where See, those guys, eh, they are radio. They are, what they've done in 2020, they held the world like this. Shoot it like this and say, hey, let's see what you will do. As in Babylon, the mystery Babylon, the machination, ma uh, the, the uh, stratagem, Babylon is now being deployed. And that's where there must be weaknesses in Samaria, Judea, the uttermost sense of it. So apologetics is very important. But it starts with studying. It starts with you have faith, you believe, then studying. Now in studying, the Bible says let us reason together. One of the greatest challenges that we have is that we assume that those we're, we're witnessing to already have the pre-existing body of knowledge that we have. Yeah. So we think that you should know you should understand. Why can't you so believe? They don't necessarily have it. So it means that in being an effective uh, argumentator or presenter or debater for the gospel, I have to think on two major levels. Number one, what is the God of this age who has blinded their minds? What has he told them? That's the first filter. Because in the text I read earlier, he says the God of this age has blinded their minds. So there's a general philosophy. One of the major philosophies right now, humanism. It's all about you, what you want to do. If it feels good, do it. If you can afford it, buy it. If you can sleep with it, go for it. Intellectualism. If it does not make sense, I don't believe it. Are you seeing that now? So, I must think about that. How does the God of this age persuade him? Number two is, how does the individual think? So, in being effective in apologetics, I have to literally step outside of myself. And that's what, please study Acts chapter 17. Paul is on Mars Hill. It's a, you know, I can't remember what was talking with me because of the week. And I said, you know, many times we tend to feel overwhelmed. But let's be honest. Paul possibly had it worse. Do you know why? We are in the post-Christian age. They were in the pre-Christian age. In the post-Christian age, there are references and tentacles and proofs of revivals, habits of the spirit, experiences that you can leverage, you can draw as a trigger or fake boosters, even for your own personal consecration and devotion. When Richard Smith Wigglesworth or Charles Wesley or John Wesley, Methodist Church is still there. 
There's a concrete proof of Amy Semple Macpherson's work with Foursquare. Are you understanding? Now, Paul in his day, he had nothing that was Christian. They had the Judeo persuasion of Abraham. You understand that? Now, he was speaking to the Gentiles. And speaking to the Gentiles, what are you saying? Do you understand? So when Paul says that the preaching of the cross is foolishness, he was not sugarcoating it. So the man in his day, you are mad. Do you understand? It wasn't a, and it was painful for Paul because he was an intellectual. So he looked like he was a fool, literally. As in, it wasn't a function of, eh. It was, what are you saying? In fact, they said that there's a babbler in town. Come and tell us about this new God. That's what they said. Like, okay, entertainment, entertainment. But he hooked them and he kept on arguing, reasoning out of the scriptures. And that's part of what, one of the things I want us to keep in mind as we begin to transition to maybe two questions and then we'll pray because I really want us to close early. Is this, it is not necessarily shoot them straight. Drag them, game. This is the proof of evangelism this week. So we need to do more of that. I'm very happy to see Sam. Sam is the name, right? I know that a couple of you are with us for the first time today. But we must be patient. We must be, we must endure. You know, and then all the fruit of the spirit that you have, love, peace, long-suffering, kindness, meekness, self-control, all of the overproof. But we must study as well, think through the mind of the culture, and think through the mind of the individual you're speaking to. Yeah. Another thing is, let's, you know, amongst ourselves as well, and that's why I wanted us to share, just say, okay, if, you have, if there are things you're not clear on, nobody here is going to judge you. I think if you've experienced kings for a month or two, you know there's not the kind of house where you'll be like, eh? You, me? is like... Come on, collect your SIN, salvation identification number, sin. <laughs> God forbid. Right. I, I think we, we just want to grow. We just want to, you know, Pastor has his hand up. Is it a question or response? Pastor Ayer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, good morning, church. Good morning. Can you, can so you come closer here? So that my, um, come closer here. My question, Pastor Dami, is... Um, nice shirt. Thank you, sir. Nice shoes. Um, it's always refreshing. Nice shoes. <laughs> it's always refreshing to be at Kings, you know. It's been an interesting year. Thank God for. I don't think I've been here, been at Kings this year because of COVID and all of that. But thank God. Um, my question is: I see we have a lot of mission-related stuff going on here, and it's something that God had been putting in my heart for the coming year. Awesome. And um, my question is directly to you as a pastor. How do you ensure that that ministry that we spoke of in 2 Corinthians 4 is kept when we are pastors over a house? Because oftentimes you just sit where your pastor Or you sit with the people that you're, le you're leading yeah. and um, it just becomes very comfortable. Absolutely. So how do you ensure that that ministry is kept because that ministry there is not is not exactly your calling to kings or yeah to, yeah you know what I mean yeah. so I'm just asking how you ensure okay. that you keep that ministry even while you have something you're leading awesome it's a very powerful question the answer is very simple I'm still learning 
But seriously, I, I really get it. Most pastors, many pastors, um, because you speak to people every Sunday, and you probably do an altar call every Sunday or every other Sunday, you might not be keeping the fire of personal evangelism alive, which is so important. So I think that number one is the Bible says these things that Jesus began to do and to teach. Um, I am generally comfortable in digital space because I do a lot of stuff on digital space. And it's just like once in two weeks or so, I'm going to either do a DM thing or a video thing or a carousel thing that has that at the heart of it or other. So I do it on that level. But number two is I have to teach it also to hold the people accountable. Number one, to let them know that this is not a pastor's thing. Every believer is expected to go into all the world. Then I have to teach it. Then I have to stay on it like I'm doing right now. There are many, th last Sunday of the year, ah, uh -uh, 24-hour miracle. That's a message. <laughs> it will still happen. Don't give up. Do, uh, wouldn't those messages rock? Yeah, but I have to stay on here because I believe that's what the Holy Spirit is leading me to do. So, number one is I have to practice it personally. So, like this week, I think I, the person who's, uh, who made a salvation decision when I ministered, was he on Thursday or, or the whole week? When was Christmas? Thursday. When did I go to wash the car? Okay, Thursday. So, it was on Thursday. Now, I'd stay witnessing, I think, from Tuesday physically. And there was no prayer. I said, God, I cannot be asking people to lead people to salvation. I mean, I, I shared with maybe four or five persons, but like you said, people were all people were saved. So there was one guy. So I did a live stream thing on Thursday. <laughs> and the live stream was quite exhaustive, and it's even amazing. Let me even tell you the power of that live stream. Apart from people coming alive and all, somebody that I've not, I don't even know the person till now, somebody who's not been in my space for maybe about 15 years, he watched the live stream, she actually watched the live stream and sent me an offering for preaching the gospel. Glory to God. Are you there? The person said, oh no, I'm also a seed into this, right? So anyway, but it's not about the seed. I'm just trying to say that I almost didn't save the live stream, but I saved it and I think maybe it got about 600 views after 24 hours or something like that. So in my personal life, I'm being intentional and being watchful. But I'm also committing myself. Because some people, they might have the, the strength of heart to preach something and not do it. I'm not that like that kind of person. If I preach something and I'm not doing it, my conscience is too tender. Right? My walk with God is, is not mago-mago-ish. You understand? Some people can preach something and they, that's professional life. I'm a professional pastor. Right? So I... <laughs> then I'm a human being. I'm not like that. Right? So I commit myself as well. But I think that the third thing I would say is intercession. Intercession commits you to people and to causes. So interceding for souls, interceding for people, it is such a critical part of it. So personally and also for, so I think my wife and I were praying, I made my prayers, was it two or three days ago that I said we need to now do a lot more, was it two nights ago, three nights ago, intercessory prayers. I mean, we pray for you guys. That's great. But also in the areas of souls and then setting specific things. So when you intercede for souls, you commit yourself spiritually. This is actually one of the reasons before there's a major outbreak of supernatural things. There's intercession. Right? 
because intercession is like the first level of spiritual commitment anything you've not interceded for or through you don't have the spiritual capacity to handle or to be faithful in do you know that part of the wisdom of God in causing a woman to be pregnant for nine months before she has the baby is that the kind of person she will need to be to take care of the baby has to be developed through the sensitive seasons of pain and discomfort in nine months are you understanding that <laughs> so sometimes they'll be like why can't the baby pop out the woman will be too impatient to take care of the baby too insensitive to take care of the baby so God has to humble the places you want to go, you can't go. Dresses you want to wear, you cannot wear. What you want to eat, you cannot eat. You know? And all of that. Alright, because of time. Hey, see hands. <laughs> hey. eh? Okay. Godson has something to say. Godson has something to say. Godson has something to say. All right, sir. Uh, By the way, I'm so happy, I'm so excited that men are asking questions today. <laughs> you know, many times it's the women, but man, I'm so proud of you. But I think it's also because men, they are very important, they're very particular about what's the cocoa? Mission. So maybe we'll do more mission things. All right, tell me. So my question, I think it's very simple. Nice voice. Thank you. Who is qualified to evangelize? It's something that really bothers me a lot because I've, uh, I've had situations where I try to talk to people and they're like, guy, you don't look like a Christian. <laughs> and I had this experience sometime in February. It was, it was really, I went back home and I was asking myself, how is a Christian supposed to look? Is there, is, there, is there a way I'm supposed to talk like a Christian? What, at what point do I qualify to evangelize? Thank you. It's a very beautiful question. But Gustin, let me not lie. Your sincerity is making me laugh. Because we like I said, this is not pain you. You understand? Thank you. Hey, who is qualified to evangelize? It's a very important question. Simply put, anyone who has received the gift has a responsibility to share it. It's, it's simple. The power, and I, maybe you should listen to last week's message because I'm not sure you listened to it. So last week I spoke about the presentation does not need to be perfect. And I used that in examples. I also spoke about um, the fact that the gospel itself perfects the imperfect vessel that carries it. So the biases of men are part of what we deal with in the culture. The biases, the, the traditional approach. So for example, there are certain persons, persons who might struggle to receive a message from me dressed like this. Just about, where's your tie? Where's your, you know, three pieces? You, you have to be a pastor like, right? So those are biases of men. But never be discouraged and there's a, a story that uh, Fidel cited earlier which I've used I think last year last year I spoke about mission for souls I used that and I, I taught from it the woman by the well the woman by the well had an encounter with Jesus 
And the word says that she goes back into the city and she said to them, I have found a man who told me everything about my life. Now when we read that story, the woman just had an encounter with Jesus. It was about her marriage and her whole life. But in evangelism, when the Lord highlights a topic and it's God speaking, that person will feel like you're describing the entire scenario. Right? So that woman goes and she brings all the men in the city. Trust me, she didn't have a good reputation with the men. Because, you know, men can be funny. They had a drink with you, they will say they did something else with you. Now when they did something else with you, they will say they did it hundred times. You know, and so forth. So if you've been with three, four guys in that kind of environment, people just be like, hey, she done the combo. You understand? Right? But she goes, she shares the message, and the Bible says that those people came to Jesus and they were even the ones begging Jesus. Do you know that Jesus stayed in that city for two more days? Two more days, unplanned, spontaneous discipleship sessions. Right? So it was there. So the, the message is powerful by itself. And I think that's what the enemy does not want us to really understand. The message is powerful by itself and that message is the prerequisite for people to see the kingdom. Now don't forget that the salvation is not the end of the story. The salvation is the initiation into the kingdom. The kingdom is the real assignment where we partner with God. When Ephesians 2 6 says we sit at the right side of the Father, when we think about right hand side of the Father, don't just think we're seated in majesty and enjoying having fun, you know, chocolate. That right hand side, I think that um, there's, uh, what's it called, Game of Thrones. Is there somebody called the right, the right of the king or the right of the throne? The hand of, of the king. Is that the, sh the short guy? Pardon? The king's hand. So the king's hand is not a person, right? It's a position. Because Game of Thrones is about kingdom, that particular picture helps you understand what it means. The king's hand is the executor, right? The person who is in sync with the heart of the king to execute the intent, right? That's what the church is. So the church is a governmental body that expresses that. But you can't be a part of the ecclesia until you are initiated. So salvation is initiation into God's secret cult. The Mosterian, by cult, don't think dark demonic stuff. The, the secret. So the message itself is powerful. So don't you ever feel less of a person? Don't feel insecure? Don't feel, you might even feel, like, you, you can even feel, just preach. <laughs> Do you understand? Just, just preach. Um, and then, by the way, people that may judge you because of your beard and all of that, if most of us saw Jesus, if Jesus stood on this stage right now, many of us would not think, because the Jesus you know is clean shaven. He's European. Isn't that the Jesus you know? He's sort of slim, he's white. That's not the real Jesus. Jesus is not white. It's Jewish. That means they are reddish brown or brownish. Are you understand? Beard gang. Because the Bible says they plucked his beard on the cross, right? You guys don't... You, you, you. They spat in his face and plucked his beard. Even... Do you justify that? So, many times just things a clean-shaven Jesus walking in silk, satin. Alright, let me take... Real quick, GB. I'm not going to take more than those three, but it has to be Sharp Sharp, GB, Timmy Dyer, and Auntie Helen. Oh, Shaye has to speak because you've been holding the microphone for people. Okay, so um, my question is 
GB and Duny, the evangelists. Four souls in one swoop. Basibe. Frisbee. Phew. All right. Um, praise God. Hallelujah. And um, my question is very tricky because um, I mean, it's one of the things that have sort of limited me from going all out all the time. Um, so in choosing a disciple um, in an evangelism style, I tried to study certain characters in the Bible that were evangelists. Okay. So from Timothy to Paul to Silas and all those guys. But then, of course, Jesus was the first person that proclaimed this message. And, I, and he made me ask, what's the end goal of every evangelical session? Like, are we, are we speaking to them to convert them? Yes, that has been settled. But, but then I, I studied Jesus, the first book. And I saw that he spoke, he spoke more about, in his teachings, he spoke, he spoke more about the kingdom of heaven. And then when you, you read Paul, you see Paul talks a lot about the person of Jesus. Mm -hmm. so, so sometimes I get to, I, I'm lost between, when I meet the person, am I supposed to speak about the love of God? Am I supposed to speak about the person of Jesus? It's, it's tricky because Jesus is the Prince of Peace. We know God is love. And so it's interwoven. But to an untrained mind, they don't understand that like what Pidams has said. So when I meet someone that doesn't know the Bible, am I supposed to speak about a Jesus that he doesn't know? Or am I supposed to make him understand the love of God first? Such that when I sow that seed, I can go in peace. I'm not in a hurry to make him yeah. become a Christian. Yeah. Because my job is to... I don't know why I'm shaking. It's weird though. My job is to just sow the seed. Because when me and Dunim evangelized, I noticed that I start with the love of God and I allow her lead them to Christ. I don't lead to Christ. Because for me, I, I, I usually just say that most of the time when I head out, God tells me, I just want you to sow. I'm not an investor. Because, because it feels like sometimes, some people, some, they, are, they are already seeds. Or there are trees and fruits that we need to harvest. They are ripe. Mm -hmm. And there are some that we, they're just grounds that we need to sow. And that's why I love doing it with her. Because for me, I just want to sow, speak about God's love. And go. So my question is, is that also a right way to go? Or am I supposed to be focused on after I've spoken God's love? I also now look for a way to, to bring them to Christ. The love of God is a good question. And I think I might need to do a little bit of demonstration. So everybody can have a picture or representation of it. The love of God is central to everything that God does because God is love and in Christ God in Christ because I am the world himself in Christ all things consist so there is nothing that God does that is not rooted in love it speaks about being rooted and grounded in love in Ephesians 6 now to him who's able to do and all of that but here is the deal what God really wants for man God's plan for man is what What does God really want for man? Relationship. Relationship. Okay. There's a word I want you guys to use. What, does, what, what is man saved to receive? Or saved? No. It's like saying, watch this. What is a child born to receive? <laughs> 
See, eh? If say sonship, if a, if a child is born, after being born, you already a son. Do you understand? So the child grows to receive what? Inheritance, which is all that the father has to give him. Abi? Abi? So when your child is born, you don't leave the child in the hospital. So the goal, even though you celebrate the birth of the child and all of that, you know, work just the start. The work is just starting. So that's why the Bible says, fear not little flock. It is Father's good pleasure to give you the? To give you the? Kingdom. So God's plan for man is the kingdom. Everything that man is looking for is inside the kingdom. Everything. Do you want good health? Is in the kingdom. Do you want a great marriage? Is it in the kingdom? Do you want uh, resources? Is it in the kingdom? Now, so man wants everything that God has in the kingdom. And he should. He's a divine desire. However, that man can never find the kingdom. The enemy will come with an alternate light and say, these things that you want, I can give it to you. So the enemy comes to pose as the way. Olusha, come help me. Jason, come help me. Joshua, come help me. GB, come help me. This is the kingdom. This is the kingdom. This is salvation. This is man. Man wants what he wants. This is the devil. This man, this man, human, by man, male, female, human, was born for that. He craves it. He how many of you know that when things are not working, you just don't like it? When there's no light, you don't like it. Whether you are Christian, Muslim, Buddhist, anything. When things are not working, because you were born for a perfect system. You were designed for a perfect system. So that's, you know, the whole story. Man fell from the perfection of God and beauty and all of that. But he still wants all of that. So the enemy will come with different lights. It will come with occultism. It will come with cheating. It will come with lying. It will come with manipulation. It will come with all of that. To lure this person away to say I will give you this but what he literally does is that he holds don't hold him don't worry, no contact just he brings him walk with him and he never gives him the kingdom he can never give him the kingdom do you know why because the kingdom has access codes and the kingdom has a way so in John 14 when Jesus said I am the what where to where where to where the kingdom I am the truth. Truth about what? The kingdom. I am the life. Life of what? Because in that kingdom, the life of that kingdom is light. And Jesus is the light of the world. The light, the light of every man that comes even into this world. So, this is the issue. And I love what you said. Because anybody who's a good son of the Bible, you will notice that Jesus spoke more about the kingdom. Paul spoke more about Jesus. Jesus spoke about himself on only about seven occasions. I am the light of the world. I am the bread of life. And then some other places say, I am the father, I won. Right? But he spoke more about the kingdom because he was trying to establish something. I am a way to that kingdom. I am the way. Sorry. Not a way. I am the way to that kingdom. Are you understanding that? Look at somebody say, see way, see way. Dispenser. Dispense the water. Say dispense the water. See way. See the way into the kingdom. The living water. Right? 
So the spence water you press, pressure, pressure. So he speaks about the kingdom. When he says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. In fact, before he gives the great commission, he says this gospel of the kingdom must be preached to every creature. And then the end is going to come. But in Mark 16, 15, Matthew 28, 19, go into all the world and preach the gospel. What's it saying? That I have been raised from the dead. Therefore, man now does not have to die when he dies. If he believes in me, guess what? He has my life and because he has my life he has access into the kingdom that access to the kingdom is what he's been looking for but he cannot even see except the man be born again he cannot see the kingdom of God except he's born of water and the spirit he cannot enter into the kingdom of God so in preaching watch this when you're about to preach you are gonna say oh but what I need is this what I need is that you will say to them these things that you need God wants them for you more than you want them for yourself but they are not the real life. Because it's possible for you to have those things. And then when you die, where do you go? What's the fallout of your eternity? So believing in Jesus Christ lets me realize that I now have the life of God. And because I have the life of God, Kamin does not have to beg for food because he's in my kingdom. Doesn't have to beg for clothes because where? So Jesus says, seek you first what? And how many things will be added? All oh, those things will be added. So the kingdom is like God's ecosystem of supernatural abundance. It's God's ecosystem for that. So in preaching the gospel, we're preaching Christ. Why? Because they can't even see the kingdom without Christ. They can't see the kingdom without Christ. Christ is the light. So when they have the light, light of Christ, they're now beginning to see, oh, there's an inheritance for me to receive. Their souls for me to reach. Their territories that God wants me to influence and shine His glorious gospel in. Their inventions that God wants to birth through me. Their technologies in heaven that must come to the earth. You understand that? So, what you said is, is good. You have a partner, right? But all of us must be able to understand it fully. You, you get it now. So that we can ask and answer our questions. Did I help somebody? All right. Brilliant. Quickly. Who else needs to speak? Timmy Dyer, quickly. Me, I'm done with service, but you guys have questions. So. Praise God. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, actually, Pastor Dami, I don't come to church, but I follow up Kings on social media every Sunday. Awesome. Yeah. So I, I follow up the path that people were supposed to go for evangelism, and I wanted to try my best. I, I went out on that particular day. I took a little cousin of mine out. Then I saw a friend, an old-time friend actually, and I didn't want to talk to everybody because I've been trying to keep my distance. That's why I've not been coming to church from people, from everybody. So we sat down, we got talking and all of that. So I tried talking to him, and he said he wants to talk first. So he explained a couple of things, and I just melted away. I, instead of me trying to say something to him, I, I busted into tears and all of a sudden, I think he won my heart. <laughs> I was supposed to do something. So what do you advise for such scenario? Because some of us too, like Steve said, at, I, I busted into tears when he was talking. Some of us too still need someone to still drag us. Yeah. 
and in course of finding someone to drag us, we also want to drag someone. Yeah. So in the course of someone trying to drag us and we're dragging someone, are you sure we won't fall off to one person? Yeah. 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 So what, what, what happened in such scenario? It's a very good question, very practical. I, I just love this morning and how you know, we're unpacking different things. Thanks for asking the question. So when the person gets saved, when we get saved and receive the gospel, that's like a child has been born, okay? When the child has been born, you don't leave the child in the hospital and you don't leave the child to fend for itself. You literally take the child home, even if the father or the mother is not predisposed to help him because of maybe health challenges or absenteeism or whatever. There has to be a family. So the local church is literally God's design of a spiritual family. Now, this begins to let you know why the enemy is fighting the local church and raising people to say, you don't need any pastor, you don't need any believer, you can know God by yourself. That's like saying a child can grow up by itself when it's been abandoned. That's like an orphan. Jesus said, I will not leave you orphans. And was talking about the ministry of the Holy Spirit, but then the Holy Spirit operates in the context of bodies because spirits need bodies on earth. So even the Holy Spirit operates through the body of Christ on earth. You understand? So what do we do? What you've done this morning is great. Regular gathering with believers. It's so vital. It's almost like a survival strategy these days. Who knows what I'm talking about? Because in the course of the week, there are too many things bombarding you. I can't tell you how many pieces of, of disturbing information I've received in the last couple of weeks. Disturbing. And you know, if things affect people who are close to you, they affect you. Right? So you must intentionally schedule your fellowship times, your bonding times, your prayer times, your connection uh, times with, with people who have the same faith, who share the same faith. That's number one. Number two is, you know, some of you here talk about master life and love with kings and trains and all. Those things are not just, you know, programs. I wanted to sign up for the last one, but then there was the time factor and all of that. So another one is starting in January, I think by the second week in January. The exams are holding tomorrow, right? Are you all ready for your exams? <laughs> to whom it may concern. So in about three, in about two to three weeks, another round. And so what that does is every day, five days a week actually, you're on WhatsApp. And just the same way you can interact, we're interacting this morning, you can ask questions. If you had a temptation that same day, you can ask your facilitator that same day accountability, growth, the memory verses that help your heart and your spiritual reality. So we really, really, really just go deep because we're, we're particular about your health and about your spiritual growth. So that's number two. Number three is, it's good that you spoke to somebody and you cried. You know why? Because one of the blessings of evangelism is that we come in contact with human suffering and human suffering can be a great fuel for intercession, which is also important for your own personal growth. As you talk more with people, it's just been like, my case is not that bad. Um, people are really going through stuff and, you know, sometimes we forget. And I'm not trying to make you comfortable with what you are not happy with, no. I'm just saying beyond the displeasure you feel about certain things in your life, the people who, who have it worse in a certain way, and so those three things so the number three thing in touch with human suffering and then just praying praying for people but one regular gatherings with believers number two take the next step into discipleship you know um, structured discipleship and number three pray pray 
and intercede. And that discipleship also make friends. So before you leave today, connect with somebody. Can you guys hear? You can't hear. Uh, but but it was louder. Uh, the, the mic, can you help out his mic? It fits the whole purpose, but I'll try. So I was saying that I think another angle of that question is you go to evangelize and you're all psyched up and all. And then the person starts telling you, preaching, quote and unquote, another gospel, gospel to you that sounds intelligent, that makes sense, that you start even questioning what you are saying. How do you take, I think you've answered, for me, you've answered it with discipleship, um, having roots in church, friendships in church. Because if you hear something strange, you should be able to come back to your pastor, come back to your HOD, come back to someone else and say, ah, this is what I heard, though. How does it, does it make sense to you? Does it sit well with you and all of that? That is a very good, good angle you're looking at it from. When you go out and people come and share their own light, you know, their own discoveries in their spiritual journey. What do you do? Number one, that needs to happen for you to be sure that you really believe what you believe. Because if I'm able to convert you at once and create deep doubt in your heart at once without you asking your disciple or people who are spiritually mature in your local assembly, that means maybe you did not fully believe initially. However, the number two thing is, you may be challenged. At some point, you're maybe sort of like afraid of what if I've missed the mark? What if I'm losing it? That is the place of fellowship. And fellowship, so like this morning now, many of you have received enlightenment and all, but I've also received enlightenment about certain things, about certain areas, just by virtue of speaking or listening to how people are reporting, giving their feedback, and making suggestions or like the contributions um, that LT has made. So... What do you do? Once you hear anything strange, don't forget that Galatians was actually written to address this issue. Paul was so strong. He said, oh, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Have you started off in the spirit and you want to end in the flesh? Once you hear anything strange or anything that is shaking your faith, causing doubt, reach out to the spiritually mature person in your circle or in your space and say to them, I'm concerned about this, right? or I need more light about this, or somebody told me this. So for example, I had a chat with someone because of the week, someone who had actually been on one of my formal corporate training programs. So she sent me a message and said, let me see how she phrased it. Something like, let me just, uh, just one moment. Where are you? Yes, yeah, so what she had said was, I have a question that I needed someone like you to help me answer. I was, I was studying the Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, to be exact, when I noticed something in chapter 11, that, chapter 5, maybe verse 11, that got me thinking. It said that we should distance ourselves as much as possible from drunkards, sexually immoral people, idolaters. And I, and I stay thinking if Muslims are idol worshippers because the belief that there is God and believe in his teachings even though some things have been added but they don't believe he had his son right they don't believe he had a son jesus does that make them idol worshipers because they also have a different name for god and at times they even call him god but also in another verse of the bible it stated that 
a time will come when God will judge those who worship him in spirit and in truth ask long question so I said the simple answer is that anyone who doesn't believe in Jesus Christ as the son of God isn't worshiping the true God he said the issue is not God the issue is do you believe that he took on flesh and became a man that's where the every occultic structure has a God factor right and every religion religious persuasion and the Bible says so I quoted first John 2 22 to 23 who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ he is the Antichrist who denies the father and the son whoever denies the son does not have the father either whoever denies Jesus does not have God the true God and then it says he who acknowledges the son has the father also and then I, I quoted from first John 4 1 to 6 so beloved do not believe every spirit but test the spirits whether they are of God because many false prophets have gone out into the world but this you know sorry by this you know the spirit of God every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God and every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God and this is the spirit of the Antichrist which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world you are of God little children you have overcome them because he who is greater sorry because he who is in the world because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world they are of the world therefore the speakers of the world the world hears them we are of God he who knows God hears us he, he who is not of God does not hear us by this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error so first John chapter 2 22 to 23 first John 2 22 to 23 and then first John 4 1 to 6 so please read that study that as well and you know these things will answer certain questions and it's not we are not against Muslims we are not against Buddhists we are not against Krishna we are not against no but we are for Christ and for the gospel and for God so loved the world Abraham was called as a pagan I hope you know that after God had dealt with Jacob for years and years my guy was still stealing idols from labor are you aware of that or rather his family at least still stole gods from you know so um it's not a we're not trying to condemn people but this is the life-saving message that you have faith in the son of god um, quickly my question is you already touched on it Auntie also touched Auntie Helen, please can you come and ask your questions more? um when do we consider it appropriate to escalate or t you already said something about it right now but like transferring someone that you're trying to i mean so transfer to somebody else to yes. take care of. Yes. Huh, my brother. And my son in the gospel. Let me tell you why we're doing this. Part of why we're doing this and part of why we have to do this. Don't forget, and, and let me just modify something GB said. GB, you're a planter and you're a harvester. <laughs> yeah, don't put yourself in a box. But all of us here today, say, me, I'm not the harvester. It's not, it's not, yeah. Don't worry, we all, we all sleep in our tongues sometimes. All right. I'm not even judging you. I'm just trying to qualify so people don't go off with, you know, people can be interested. Somebody will just, ah, me too. I'm a planter. I'm not the harvester. <laughs> but do you understand? Especially when something comes from the stage and it's not in context. 
people are at different levels of understanding, so they can run off with. So we're all called to harvest. In fact, the re so let's answer your question. It says the harvest is what? And the laborers are? The reason we're taking time to be granular is that we've identified a gap, and those are the gaps we're closing now. The work is a lot. Some of you have been hearing me say it on and off and off that we have work next year. Have you heard me say that? I've been saying it for like two, three months. It's anniversary. All of us in this room, we're not even enough for the work. It is a lot of counseling work that needs to be done. Intercessory work that needs to be done. Teaching work that needs to be done. Prayer work that needs to be done. Financing work. Giving people jobs. It's a lot. So all of us have to be in a phase of accelerated growth. No more wasted days. Somebody said no more wasted days. So that's my encouragement to you. Grow fast. Because the work is a lot. And you will not know how much the work is until you start unpacking. When you start talking to people, when you start dealing with issues. Have you dealt with issues? When you start, when you, do you understand? And this thing will take as much time as you devote to it. It's a lot. So all of us have to have the mentality, God, mercy, and growth. But not to get overwhelmed, every now and again, in, I know you guys have your weekly prayer meetings and all, then there are different groups in the house. Make sure you're not alone. Make sure that you're planted in a department and out, out church sets and all. Be connected. And even if it's five minutes, offload to somebody and say, oh, I spoke to this person, honestly, I'm burdened. Or I'm, I, I actually feel scared right now, but I know I don't have the spirit of fear. I need to encourage me. Can you please look out for me? You know, send an update this week and all of that. We have to do it together. We have to. I can't take it anymore. Auntie, yeah, of course. But Tino's hand was up. Good morning, church. Good morning, ma'am. Yeah, because of the camera. I don't know why everybody, why everybody was staying behind the tree. Okay. Good morning, church. Good morning, Auntie Allen. Okay. Um, I just wanted to um, put a, a little twist to this thing called evangelism and then pose the question. Evangelism, the way I understand it to be, it's an everyday thing for every one of us. Yeah. Evangelism comes in different forms. There's the town crier, the one that wakes you up at 4 a.m. to 5 a.m., mm. some from 5 a.m. to 6 a.m., mm. and they're preaching to no one in particular, but they've been called by God to go to a particular street junction and just preach a message. Someone in their home needs to hear that word that they are preaching. That's one form of evangelism. There's also the other evangelism where you go up en masse, a father and son, father and his family or members of the same group just go walk on the street and just talk to people but mostly in the dispensation that we're in, we are in now and with what's going on in the world the Lord is calling us as marketplace evangelists evangelists what do I mean by marketplace evangelists I mean what do you do as a person are you a teacher are you a trader whatever you do you have a circle of influence 
in that space where you work, in that thing that you do, someone there is watching you. You are the Bible they see. Some people never get to read the Bible. You are the Bible they are watching. You are the Bible they are reading. Be the difference in that space. Without even saying much, someone will come to you and say, I don't know what it is that you do, but we have been in this business together. But something is different about you. There's a story that my sister shared with me. My sister is in church with me. She's all the way from Abuja. She said um, she has a driver that is with her on this trip. And as they go about doing all that they are doing, she was going about, you know, being sensitive and reaching out to be a blessing without being asked. And the driver said, Madam, who are you? I've been with you all day and I've seen what you're doing. Without people talking to you, you're touching people's lives. And I said, the way people are praying instantly for you. That is evangelism. That is the real evangelism. You can preach the Bible from Genesis to Revelation until you touch people in the core place. Until you touch them in the place of need, in the place where it troubles them. You haven't really truly evangelized. And you can do it. Don't think that, oh, I can't go on the street. If it's not where you are called to, don't worry. In that your office, in that place where you're working, you can evangelize. Your life can evangelize. People are watching you. The young man who came and said that people said to him, you don't look like it. You may not look like because you are dressed flamboyantly, but the charisma, your attitude, your habits, the things you allow and the things you don't allow will speak volume more than the way you look. So you are evangelizing without even realizing. If you get to know that, you will, you will be surprised how many lives you are touching every day. So quit this talk. I grew up in the age where um, Jehovah Witness used to knock on my, my, my door. And my father will engage them in deep conversation. With, how many uh, Jehovah Witnesses do you see these days? They're very scarce. Now what I see them do, they, they position on the street with their tracts and hope that someone who passes by would like the titles and want to pick. But in those days, they used to knock door by door, door by door. So we are moving away from the door by door evangelism. Wherever you are, you are an evangelist. All of us are evangelists. It's not only Pastor Dami that is an evangelist. Wherever you are, you are an evangelist. So be the Bible that people see. Be the Jesus that people who don't know Jesus see. Let your light touch someone. I had a neighbor who, I was trying to go upstairs and I saw that she was sleeping. She's a Muslim. Alpha kind of Muslim, so I'm not talking of joking Muslim. Immediately, the Lord minister to me pray for her. So I said, may I pray with you? She said, eh, we are prayed. I said, okay, I just, I just feel led to pray with you. She said, no. So I, I didn't bother. So I just went and I'm like, Lord, why did you ask me to pray for her? And she said that she has prayed. He said, pray for her when she calls. Your Two mind. days passed. On the third day, she called my number. Please, madam, are you home? I said, I'm home. He said, please, I want you to pray for me. I said, but I told you I wanted to pray for you two days ago. He said, please, madam, don't be angry. I need you to come and pray for me. I'm at home. And he gave me an opportunity to minister not to just one soul. Yeah. And minister to the entire family. Do you understand? Be sensitive. Be sensitive. There's a need that God has packaged your situation and circumstances and challenges that you have overcome. For you to uniquely minister to others who will go through it. Be sensitive. You'll be surprised that you will, you will evangelize more to people in that frame, that circle, that same challenges that you've been through than the ordinary man on the street. Bless you. I thought you had a question.
<laughs> give it, give it. All right, great. I need to qualify some things. What Antelian said is very true. That's the six point divine opportunities, right? But the reason we're saying you should go out, I understand lifestyle evangelism and all of that. Auntie Helen, I do. But the reason I'm saying we should go out and do it is most of us, let's be honest. But that's one number two. The original Greek um, evangelize means to publicly announce. And the reason we're discussing it, we're not taking anything away from being the example, being the light. Fantastic. I already spoke about people in the Bible didn't have the Bible, right? So I'm not taking anything away from that. But it is important to make the commitment on a weekly basis. I'm all for everyday evangelism and all, but all of us know that this week, this last week that we committed, did you have a heightened yeah so that's that's what it's about so we're not taking anything away from shining the light in your space and being sensitive that's important that literally opens the door like you shared in your testimony as well it opens the door the way the missionaries built massive spiritual movements across much of the world was that they came with needs that the people had right they came with needs that people had that's part of why we do the community outreach and all of that so look out for that but on top of that there is the power of sharing let me and let me use a biblical example while some people will be inspired or attracted by your lifestyle they will not be changed by your lifestyle and this is the example i will tell you who's the most perfect person who walked the face of the earth jesus did people get saved just because he was doing good no. Do you understand? So moral excellence does not guarantee transmission of observers. You know, there's the wisdom of God wherein it says by those where's that where's the scripture? So for God who commanded light to shine out of darkness. And that light is the word. So there's the light that we are. Let your light so shine. But there's also the light that we speak. Right? The light that we are. Watch this. Do you know what it does? It causes men to see your good works and give glory. But people can glorify God and not be saved by Him. Do you understand? So the light that you shine. Who are you? What do you do? Tell him. You know. So it can open the door, attract people. But the light that saves is the light of the message. That's why in the text I read, why give me my text, right? It says we preach not ourselves. Now that self is not just my flesh. Even my good works is not what saves them. You, you get what I'm saying? Right. So it's not a this or a that. It's a this and a that. It's good works and a good message. Lifestyle and hulagion to publicly proclaim. Um, of course, like you said, not everybody is going to carry a megaphone or whatever but sometimes do it sometimes get on the bus ladies and gentlemen i don't know what i'm saying but jesus loves you kill the flesh kill the comfort kill the that part of you that is tongue-tied that will talk about premiership but when but when it's about sonship we don't hear a voice kill it that man that is doing side roadside evangelism i mean i was speaking with vivian before service so he said that her dad actually does that from time to time you know the megaphone thing sometimes when you see those kind of people don't just walk past i know you're in a hurry but just say so i want to stand with you as you're preaching i'm interceding 
Do you understand? It's a global thing. God doesn't sit denominations. Just say, I, I'm sorry, sir, as you're preaching, I won't be here for too long. But you're in. Father, arrest the, the hearts of men. But sometimes just standing there and showing interest will cause somebody else to say, ah, what's happening here? The Jehovah Witness thing you said, you go to London, major uh, tube stations, you will see them there with their, their documents, their stands. You know. Glory to the Most High God. Hallelujah. Glory to the Most High God. Hallelujah. Yes, All right, we gotta close. Sabaka. All right, let's just quickly, if you want to stand, you can stand. If you're more comfortable sitting, it's okay. But I want us to just thank God for today and all the revelations and insights and the different things that we have received through um, the interaction, the feedback. Just thank the Lord in your own words. Glory, 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 glory. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. For the fire burning in our hearts. For the fire burning in our hearts. For the fire burning in our hearts. Thank you, Father. For the fire burning in our hearts. For the vulnerability, for the openness, for the transparency, for the sincerity, for the warmth and the encouragement, for the testimonies, for the testimonies. We're so grateful, Jesus, for helping us to rediscover what matters. That we'll go forth again. Let's commit again that this week we'll be more conscious. The remaining four and a half, five days of the year. A harvest of souls, a harvest, lives will be changed. Online, offline, via DM, via story, our updates, word of mouth. By positioning our lives as light, we will attract. And by speaking the words of light, God will convert. In the name of Jesus. So shila solo Zoratia la la losas, calazosia te la colatorias, zado do shavisami la cayosas, caraso calishaya madelogas, coroso tavizele agadojas, badido zata la camaya doza. Caramu Zatalea Colozovas Shalamo Lavadea Zolatoza Calodos receive the empowerment of the Holy Spirit receive the empowerment of the Holy Spirit say Lord I receive your power I receive your light I receive your light I will do the work of an evangelist the Bible says since that we have received this ministry since we have this ministry having received mercy mercy flows in my life this week in the name of Jesus 
finally before we make some declarations together if there is any part of your body where you need the healing power and the virtue of God I want to make contact with that part of your body right now if it's a part of your body you can make contact with if this if you can physically touch it right now you can place your hand on your head or your heart your chest um, and we make a demand on the power of the gospel part of the power of the gospel is the power of resurrection so in the name of Jesus Christ and the simplicity of this moment for everyone who is here with a lump in their chest or their breast with a growth in their throat the horse feeling around the heart or the respiratory tract and system in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth I proclaim that you are healed I proclaim in the name of the risen Savior the name of the risen Jesus migraine go now in the name of Jesus tightness around your chest go now in the name of Jesus infirmity around your private regions go now in the name of Jesus bone conditions blood conditions and a strange body lumps here there and everywhere growths here there and everywhere whatever kind of side effect or fallout may have come through any kind of ailment or sickness clotting of the blood a loss of appetite indigestion a rheumatism astigmatism eye disease myopia hypermetropia hypochondria uh, disillusionment abandonment insomnia anorexia schizophrenia here the voice of Jesus wrought through this house we expel you we displace you we subject you we dissolve you we command restoration of your physique of your body of your strength of your mind of your appetite of your organs of your senses of your sight of your feeling of your touching of your hearing of your tasting of your smelling of your eating of your moving your body functions optimally your kidneys function optimally your pancreas functions optimally your intestines the function optimally your heart pumps blood optimally your phalanges your bone structure wherever the spirits of death might be locking around you and your family we arrest we bind we cast out in the name of Jesus this fire and no further we draw the line in the spirit we draw the line in the spirit let the fire of God invade every heart every home every family hereby present extended and nuclear and wherever there are demonic operations we countermeasure we scatter we shatter we destroy we vex we uproot we disintegrate we will see the end of this year we will navigate 2021 no more death no more losses in the name of Jesus let the gospel power explode over the atmosphere let the power of the glorious gospel manifest in signs wonders instant miracles pain go disease go illness go sickness go fear go fear go fear go terror go in the name of Jesus Christ freedom emancipation no accidents no amputation no loss of body parts no loss of soul parts whatever premonition of death may have been gathered today we stand in agreement we stand by the corporate anointed we stand as the body of Christ we stand as a local assembly and we proclaim none of us shall be lost none of us shall lose his life her life family members loved ones peace 
upon our borders now raise your right hand and say in the name of Jesus say louder in the name of Jesus my God and my father I thank you for the provisions of the blood of Jesus I thank you for the gift of salvation say louder I thank you for the gift of salvation I thank you for the gift of redemption today I align myself with the finished work of Jesus Christ I align myself as a son of the Most High I subject the entirety of my life to the influence of Adonai my mind my body my soul my spirit my gifts my talents my abilities my plans I bring under the influence of the blood of Jesus and I proclaim that I am steadfast secure solid safe established I shall not die but I live to declare the glory of God in the land of the living I do not lose my life I do not lose my wife I do not lose my husband I do not lose my children I do not lose my siblings my parents and my loved ones but I'm surrounded by the fire of the Holy Spirit in my going out and in my coming in and the things I eat and in the things I drink my health is perfect I operate in full functionality from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet I do not believe the doctor's report I do not believe the sensations of my body I believe the governance and the administration the leadership and the lordship of Jesus we finished 2020 strong we finished 2020 vibrant we finished 2020 healthy we finished 2020 wholesome in the name of Jesus we win souls we demonstrate the kingdom we liberate souls we extend the influence of heaven with pleasant surprises joy and everlasting gladness is our portion in Jesus name we have prayed somebody open your mouth clap your hands shout shout unto God no like three will tell them congratulations God has brought us this far keep us all the way hallelujah and you may perceive the rising on an emerging generation of kings. To join this growing community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566. One more thing, someone you know needs this. Kindly share this how.